Digging Deeper podcast, hosted by 4constructionpros.com and covering various aspects of the construction industry, including the equipment, people, companies, and associations making it all happen. My name is Becky Schultz, editor of Equipment Today, and in part two of my conversation with Shepard Nelson, equipment superintendent for Goodfellow Brothers, Shep talks about Goodfellow's 100-year anniversary and the role technology played in helping to reach that milestone and continues to play as the company strives to find new ways to improve safety, attract new hires, and help propel the industry into the future. Let's dig in with Shep now. I understand that Goodfellow Brothers is celebrating its 100-year anniversary this year, which is phenomenal. That's that's amazing. Uh, can do you feel like the fact that the company has embraced technology and that it has that kind of um, that culture of consensus building in place? Do you feel like that's made a difference in, in getting it to where it is today? And do you see that as an opportunity for the company to continue to move forward and build on that next hundred years of his of, of, of the future? Yes, no, a- absolutely. I, I mean, I, I could see where like being a hundred years old could make it so that it's hard to be forward facing. Um, but yeah, our, our company is not like that at all. Uh, I, I mean, I, our, our vision of our company in the vision statement, it actually talks about like bringing up the entire industry. And so it is our, our, our vision as a company is always forward looking and what's better and how can we create, um, you know, uh, consistent change. We're always looking at, at um, continuous improvement philosophies. Um, that's, that's, uh, uh, that, that's in our DNA as a company, uh, absolutely. Um, we like to say uh, that we're, we're old because we're good. We're not good because we're old. Um, <laughs> And I think that speaks to the philosophy of um, that continuous improvement. Uh, I mean, we were, I think we were one of the first, well, we were testing uh, the first big high track dozers in Montana for Caterpillar, uh, you know, in the seventies. And then in the early 2000s, I think 2002 was the first time we had um, GPS on equipment. Um, and so we were a very early adopter on GPS. Uh, like I said about telematics early, a very early adopter. Um, we've had drones flying and doing GPS quantities for years now. Um, and uh, so we try to be on the cutting edge as we can for you know a heavy civil, uh, for moving dirt, we try to be as as absolutely cutting edge as we possibly can. And and it there's you know there's things that are difficult about that and expensive uh, being an early adopter. But um, you just need to be able to sift through the things that work and the things that don't. And um, hopefully those nuggets that you find, uh, you're able to actually make make a difference with them. And uh, you know it really pays off. Um, and, and is what we found. And it sounds like you're really leading the industry forward as you as you <laughs> imply. I mean, it sounds like the company is definitely trying to, to push the industry in a direction that helps take it to the next stage. I so mean, I- we, we definitely also 
very much in our DNA is we come from humble beginnings. Wenatchee is a farm town and it was all about, you know, creating roads to bring farmers goods to market and stuff like that. And so I, I for sure don't want to be not humble in saying that we're leading the industry forward. There are a, a ton of industry leaders that we look up to, but um, it is our vision to be that company. And, you know, you have to, you have to think that way if you're going to actually get the results. So we, we certainly try uh, our, our best at that. Everyone in the Goodfellow family, and there is an actual Goodfellow family and all of them feel this same way too. Like we just absolutely love the construction industry and um, are, are want to do whatever we can to keep moving the industry forward and be safer, which isn't something we really talked about, but mm. safety is uh, absolute paramount and, um, you know, and, and just move the industry forward, like you said. So Shep, tell me about um, the steps you've taken as far as uh, machine grade control. It sounds like you had kind of a unique opportunity with um, one of the companies that you work with to obtain some new new technology recently? Uh, I, I think you're talking about our <laughs> new hybrid electric dozer that uh, Caterpillar um, got for us. Um, but uh, yeah, so Caterpillar for our 100th year anniversary, uh, they only created three and they painted them black or it's kind of like a dark gray color, uh, hybrid electric D6. Um, and uh, it's a D6XE is technically the name of it. Um, and they, they make a D6XE and we have a few of them. They're great machines. So it, it's actually a, um, a the, the engine becomes a generator. And then you've got um, four electric motors in all, in all the um, drives. And it's just electric drive, basically. So it the generator creates power and all the final drives are electric. Um, and it's, it's really efficient. It's incredibly powerful. Um, we think it's going to uh, have very low maintenance because it runs at a continuous RPM like a generator would, and um, it's got less components. Um, so we're very excited about it. But on a, on a grade control front, um, yeah, we have worked with Trimble from early days, and uh, we have a fantastic working relationship with Trimble. Uh, like we do with Caterpillar and Deer, our, our other main manufacturers. Um, and uh, we, we have what we call ACT, which is our advanced uh, construction technology team. And so we're, we're lucky enough to have a lot of very smart people throughout our company. It's probably 10 or so folks that are on the advanced technology team. And so we just do all, I mean, we're looking at the rover dogs and you know you name it all kinds of different advanced stuff and trying it out um and seeing what works and what doesn't um and uh if it's if it's all of our machines that can have grade control we try to get grade control we actually have earthworks so that's trimble's three-dimensional uh best you know latest and greatest and we have we were the first company to ever put earthworks on d9s and d10s um and uh so we were we were a pilot project for caterpillar and trimble on that um and uh we we put them on quite a few big dozers now so do you feel like that great control technology such as what you're describing has really set you apart or helped you to be competitive in a in a field that seems like 
um, grade control is really starting to, to become almost the norm at this point? Yeah, I, I do. I think that, you know, and, uh, you know, it's the company line of what most of these uh, grade control type companies will tell you, but we are running into a place where operators are, a lot of our operators and talent are aging and the, the newer guys aren't quite there yet. And there is somewhat of a gap. And so the, the grade control um, makes, you know, might make a great operator a, a little bit better in, in the period, but make a new operator a, a lot better. I mean, if it can make, let me run, <laughs> run a blade or a dozer down the road without looking terrible, then it can help anyone. Um, and so, yeah, filling in that gap, absolutely. Um, and, uh, uh, and then we work, we work in a lot of labor markets where labor is very expensive. Um, and so not doing double work and trying to reduce the amount of uh, um, labor hours that we've got on a particular um, phase is uh, definitely incredibly beneficial uh, for most of what we're doing. So yes, it's paid off well. No, with the ACT division that you mentioned, uh, do you feel like a lot of the objectives that they're looking at, things like the spot, the robot dog or and, and other things like that, is the drive to try not to necessarily replace labor, but to help to augment the, the challenges that you've had with being able to find the right people in to fill those roles? Is that part of the reason that you're exploring some of these technologies? Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of different reasons. Right now, yes, there are like, we actually ha had a piece of equipment that we were gonna purchase the other day that we decided not to because we didn't have anyone to sit in the seat. So there are times right now where we're running out of uh, labor, um, but safety is an absolutely a huge concern. So sometimes there's going to be areas of the site or whatever that are very dangerous that if we could, you know, send a, a spot the dog robot down there first uh, or, or have them just uh, do the GPS so that we don't have to send a live person down there. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. Um, or other reasons are just, you know, because at the moment, you know, it, because it, we are trying to be leading edge and uh, early adopter. And so we might not even know all the reasons why we need it yet. And so we don't go overboard and we're not going to buy a fleet of them. But, uh, you know, to check one out and see how it works, uh, I think is, is something that we, we, we have to do. And, and the kind of guys that we've got on that team, they just want to try out and troubleshoot and work on. And so you got to have the right people for that too. Buying some advanced technology without the right people in there to actually tell you what's worth it and what's not is, is worthless for sure. Our, our, uh, the, our CIO, so our chief information officer and I, luckily we sit right next to each other and we share a wall because he, we have a lot of conversations about he and I talk more than we did three years ago and we're going to talk more than we in a three years from now than we do today and so much of our jobs are merging in that like you know technology is becoming a part of everything that we do and every machine that we buy and every technology that we purchase for them making sure that they are compatible and are going to work together and give us the information that we need 
it's over my head for sure. So to be able to have the our CIO right there to work with me because he doesn't want to be talking about what machines to buy either. So the two of us being a great team, I think every fleet manager out there needs to have a, uh, a solid relationship with their head of IT or their CIO um, because there's a lot of uh, nuggets you can get in there and, or, or problems you can prevent if you include them up front. Right. I'm curious with the ACT group, are there certain skill sets that you're looking for when you build a team like that or that you would say are kind of essential? Um, obviously, having a, a good IT person is, is great, but not all companies have the luxury of having an ACT. It's there maybe someone or that some yeah. some characteristics that that might be essential to look for in someone that might be able to have the skills to help you find the technology that might work for you yeah pretty much most of the people on our act group were um the gps guys you know so they've got you know that you're not going to take someone straight out of it and run into act but because they need that construction on the ground, boots on the ground experience. And so if you can take someone that's been in the GPS field, that's been out in the field a lot and understands what the field goes through. And then, you know, and even if you don't have a, a group like uh, we have put together, but if you got that one GPS guy that always is excited about the latest and greatest and what kind of new technology you have coming out, that, that's basically how our team was born was we had a couple of guys that just always wanted to be there on the cutting edge. And uh, so we, we, we took that energy basically and put it into this. We're not gonna try to create it without energy behind it. So they were excited about it. And then we're gonna facilitate that excitement into, into a, a, you know, a path. So it sounds like you really took advantage of talent that you already had on hand and built upon the skills that they had. So that's a great way of approaching it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, anything else that you'd like to share about what you're doing in, in the, the machine control or in the technology realm that we haven't already covered? Um, no, but I will say that I've been pushing for a while to, to work on remote and autonomous equipment. Um, again, like you said, not not to replace any people, but because we have times where we just don't have the bodies and we also have times where things are very, very dangerous and, and uh, we don't wanna put our people in that in harm's way. And so um, I've been working with Caterpillar and with Trimble and, and uh, a, a number of companies uh, outside of that, even them, but we don't have a machine yet. So I, I'm hoping to get uh, a few machines soon um, and I'm excited by the different potentials of, of what remote and autonomous um, equipment could bring. Absolutely, from a safety standpoint, but also going back to that whole issue of attracting the right people into the workforce, the construction workforce, because if you're able to sit in an air-conditioned office and enjoy um, the environment that you're in rather than being out in you know, the ambient temp temperatures and and maybe dust and dirt and all of that you're going to probably have a little bit more success being able to, to pull today's workforce in and, and potentially work from anywhere right like right. 
we have, you know, those of us that work in the office were lucky enough last year during COVID to be able to work from home. Um, or, you know, and our field staff was in the field and, and sure. you know, they were frontline. And, uh, you know, so hopefully we don't have to do it because of that experience ever again in our lifetime. But, um, you know, just to be able to have the opportunity to work out of your house or, or to work you know, from a, in a very remote area, from a not very remote area is uh, exciting. So who knows what the future will bring. We'll definitely be trying to look into it. Well, that's it for this edition of Digging Deeper. Thank you to Shep Nelson at Goodfellow Brothers for taking the time to talk with us. Tune in every week for another episode of the Digging Deeper podcast by 4constructionpros.com. You keep listening, we'll keep digging. Until next time.